Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, October 10th, 2019, and you're listening to another episode of the DC United podcast. My name is Michael Cohen, and I'm the Senior Director of Content and Strategy for DC United. Thank you very much for joining me on today's show. As always, you can find episodes of this podcast available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the DCUnited.com website. If you happen to be listening on our website, be sure to check out the Inside the Black and Red tab located under the News section. That's where you can find all archived episodes of this podcast, links to our tactical match previews and breakdowns, as well as other behind-the-scenes stories catching you up on everything you need to know surrounding the Black and Red. Now, this is another special edition of the DC United podcast. We're continuing on with the fourth installment of our series looking back at the 1999 MLS Cup winning side, the 20th anniversary of that team. We started out bringing you an interview and Q&A with Roy Lasseter. We moved on to Jeff Agus. And earlier this week, we brought you Kerry Talley, a starting defender on that playoff run. Now we're moving back up the field, talking to winger John Masoner, a player who was part of all three MLS Cup winning sides in the first four years of Major League Soccer. He was here in 96. He was here in 97. He then spent 98 and part of 99 with the expansion Miami Fusion before getting traded back to United partway through the 99 season, immediately reclaiming his starting spot and playing all the way through the MLS Cup title against the LA Galaxy in November of that year. Now, we hope you enjoy this conversation, but we also encourage you to check out all of the others, as well as reading through the Q&As online if you don't have time to listen to every episode. So without further ado, let's bring you a conversation with winger John Masoner. If I'm correct, did you come over to D.C. partway through that season? Yeah, yeah, traded over from, uh, that was 99, so... So I played D.C. 96-97, first two years. I came over from Germany, um, what, nine nine games or so into the first season of 96? I think we were 2-7 and seven or 2-9 and nine when I came over from from Germany in 96. Um, then 97, 98, I got picked up in the expansion draft from Miami. So I was down there for the 98 season. And uh, and then a little bit into '99, I got traded back to DC, which was which was a happy day. <laughs> so it sounds like in that in that regard, uh, if if you had had your druthers, you just would have stayed in DC the whole time. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, we had something pretty special going on in DC, so um, we loved it there. I mean. Um, I was always open up, open to new challenges, and you know, I, I understood how the league worked, and that you could get picked up in an expansion draft and get traded and all that. So we all knew that, and that was all part of it. So, I mean, it was exciting, you know, to to get to go down to Miami and play with an expansion team, and you know, that was a great experience too. But yeah, probably if I had my choice, I probably would have stayed in D.C. <laughs> So when you, you know, joined the you, team, it looks like it was maybe around July or so that you came back um, in that 99 season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think I'd have to look and see, but I know, I know once I got back, uh, Rangan was there. I know once I got back, um, I think we won 12 or 13 in a row. Exactly. <laughs> yep. August so and September was uh, was an 11 game winning streak, and I'm looking at it now. It looks like your first start was July 25th against New England, and that's when you recorded okay. your, your first assist of the season for D.C. in that game as well. So I'm just curious, what do you remember about what your role was in the side when you came back? 
Oh, you know, I was excited to get back. I mean, Thomas, everyone knew me real well, you know, the players and the coaches and, you know, everyone in the organization. So um, it was just, it was easy to come back and just jump right in. I, I, I think I started, I don't remember. I, I think I might have started the first game. Maybe they had, I don't remember exactly the situation, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. Can you tell there, did I start? You did start the first know. game, yep. Yeah, so that was real nice, you know. I mean, it's always nice to go back and you feel like you're really needed and wanted. And so I showed up and I think the team was doing okay. But we just wound up, you know, for whatever reason, it wasn't because of me. But <laughs> I played my role. But uh, we, we went on a, a nice little winning streak there and turned everything around. And uh, not, not turned it around, but just, you know, kind of really... Uh, gelled, I guess, as a group, you know. Um, but it was—it's always nice to go back to a team that that you just fit in really well with, with the players and the staff and the whole whole club. So that was that was great for me, my family. What was your uh, first impression, or I guess maybe your just impression that season overall of working with Thomas, having also worked for Bruce previously? Yeah, you know, we were just all, we were all so connected, so it was real comfortable, you know. Um, Thomas had been around, I knew Thomas, I played for Thomas um, with, uh, earlier on, before MLS, with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, so I knew him real well. It just seemed like, you know, we just had just a special um, chemistry, and it's just a special group, you know, that, that lasted for several years there. Um, with Bruce, of course, just kind of Bruce and Kevin Payne and Dave Sarakin and <clears throat> even Bob Bradley, just all putting that all together in the beginning and bringing in a lot of a lot of players from UVA, so we were just all real comfortable. And then all the players, you know, Marco and Jaime and and and, and everyone else that 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 uh, was just there were just all it was just a special special moment because. That doesn't happen very often, you know, where everything just kind of clicks. And it's not it's not easy to create that. So, you, you know, you just have to give Bruce and Kevin and everyone so much credit, you know, to bring the right people all together and, and then just have it work out that well. So, yeah, coming back in 99 after being there two years and winning two championships and then going to Miami, you know, an expansion team that struggled a little bit, um, I was I was happy there and fine, but but yeah, it was exciting to get back to DC and then just jump right back into it, you know, and, and feel like you know they needed me and um, they were excited to have me. I started that first game. We went on a little bit of a run and um, you know wound up winning it that year too. So you know it's just a it's a you know you can't you can't make up a better story. <laughs> you mentioned so the, I'm, uh... I'm just I'm just real blessed I'd, I'd love you to include that, that i just real blessed to, to be a part of it you know you mentioned the winning streak um the, when you got there the record was 12 and 7 and then a month later it was uh 23 and 7 so you guys rip off <laughs> 11 straight wins when that team was at its mm -hmm. best playing you know the highest level soccer it could what was working what worked well what was the style how did you guys do it yeah, I think, um, like I said, it was just like everything. Everything just clicked, and we were all so comfortable. You know, obviously, you have to have a great coach, and we had that, and you have to have great assistant coaches. We had that. you got to have all the right younger players, older players, 
players that are going to play all the different roles. Um, and we had all those that fit all those puzzles, pieces of puzzle fit all together. Um, and we just, we just got along. It wasn't perfect. You know, it's never going to be perfect, but we just got along and we really enjoyed it. And that's one thing that Bruce and Thomas, you know, are very good at it is making it so you're enjoying it and you want to be there and you give everything, you know, at training every day. Uh, and then game time, it's just, we just expected to win. You know, you just, you just knew you were going to win. What do you remember about playing in RFK and the environment there? <laughs> Well, it's just it's such a so much history in that stadium, and then it was just so cool. I mean, we felt like we had the best fans at that time. But we probably did, you know, back then. Uh, Bar Brava and uh, Screaming Eagles, and you know the the I don't I don't even know if maybe you haven't experienced it, but that whole level would rock. Like probably it's probably dangerous, but the whole thing would shake and rock for like two feet. <laughs> that whole, lo- whole lower section. Um, uh, you know, the only other stadium that I know that moves like that is Bombanera in, in Argentina. <laughs> right. Way, way up top. It sways a little bit. I've been up there too with Marco Echeverry. We, we went, we went when I was the director of uh, youth development, Marco and I went over to Argentina and we sat way up top, way up top. They put us up there and that's where I wanted to be. So yeah, it was special because, it was a new league, but we felt like our fans. I mean, they they weren't new. They were they were, you know, they were fired up and organized and passionate, and it was it was pretty cool. We we felt like we had the best fans in the league, and and um, yeah, that always helps, you know, to go into a stadium where it's loud and a lot of energy, and you know the fans that really support you. Um, it, it was great. It was just another piece of the puzzle that just was fitting perfectly. That you know those first few years. When you thought about, you know, the offensive end of the field, you don't see teams anymore, at least too many, that have four players with double-digit assists, which is what United had that year. And a lot of times, you know, you don't necessarily see a guy rack up 17 assists like Marco did in that season. So when you think about some of those players up top, whether it was Jaime or Marco or Roy or, you know, Ben coming into the side as a young player – um, I, I guess you mentioned it a little bit, thinking that going into games you were going to win, but was it also the case right. of going into games you, you didn't really think teams were going to be able to stop you from scoring either? Yeah, no, we didn't. I mean, we just, the training was so good. We were just felt sharp. Um, we liked playing with each other, um, and things just clicked on the field. You just kind of knew that, that things were just going to work out, and you're going to create lots of chances and just get after teams. I mean, it was fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people <clears throat> People ask me all the time, you know, like, who's the best player you ever played with? I played with a lot of great players with and against, a lot of great players. But Marco was just, yeah, just unbelievable. He could not even be looking at me, you know. Uh, I'd make like a 30, 40, 50-yard run. He wouldn't even be looking at me, and it'd just be right there on my foot <laughs> on the wing because I played a lot of um, out on the wings, you know. Um, but yeah, he, he was just incredible. I mean, he could, he could put the ball wherever he wanted to. He, he just did what he wanted with the ball. And that really helps to have a player like that on your team. Jaime, Jaime too. I mean, he just kind of, he just did what he wanted to do out there and made it look so easy. Um, yeah, we were, we were blessed to have those guys on the team. And 
you know, they work, they fit in perfectly with, with all of us. So that's, that, that was the thing that worked so well. I remember talking to one of your former teammates, I believe it was Kerry Talley, who said that he also enjoyed the fact that Marco and Jaime, you know, the cultures that they came from, having so many of their friends and relatives around and things, that it actually made it fun off the field, too. There were barbecues or get-togethers or social events. Do you remember any of that? And, and if you do remember it, do you think that contributed to some of the chemistry on the field as well? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, growing up playing soccer and you're playing Europe so you're, you're used to all the different cultures and um, it's nothing that you haven't seen before but yeah it's it's, it's definitely interesting and nice to, to to see other cultures I mean Jaime, Jaime married an English girl Luis you know and uh, so that was another culture you know Marco had his Bolivian wife and family um, but yeah um, they have different cultures. We, we went over to Bolivia and spent some time with their, you know, their family and Marco's home. And, and, uh, and so that was really, really cool. But we, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much the, the, the key is that we just liked each other and got along and, uh, you know, uh, cared about each other. So yeah, it was, it was a special, special time. I don't think, you know, sure athletes win championships and stuff but you know really how, how many how many players have started a league like the inaugural year won the first three out of four and basically with the same core group you know and so that's pretty special by the time you guys get into the playoffs you've already won the supporter shield you've scored 11 more goals than any team in the league and, and also posted dc united's best defensive season in franchise history and and you kind of breezed through the first round of the playoffs two games against miami and then the big one was was columbus in the eastern conference finals that yeah. one goes three games you win the yeah. first one you kind of get blasted a little bit in the second one five to one at columbus and, five then, you, one, yeah. and then you come back and, and you beat them four nothing in game three what do you remember about that series and and was there any sort of a, a turning point or moment in between the big defeat and, and the big win in game three to kind of get the team back on track no i think we were i think we were so confident it didn't even bother us losing 5-1 um that i remember i think you know we just had a we had an off day i can't remember exactly what went wrong that day i mean we must have just had an off day and <clears throat> we knew we knew it was an off day we, we didn't play well we gave some goals obviously that day which was kind of rare um so uh i i just don't remember us panicking or worrying about it too much at all i mean obviously it shakes you a little bit and say okay come on guys we gotta <laughs> we gotta refocus a little bit here but I, no one i don't there wasn't anybody in the front office to the players and coaches I, I don't think anyone thought that we were gonna gonna lose that series you know i we just walked on the field we walked on the field that day and yeah we what was the score when they came back to rfk four nothing yeah so we took care of business and and that's just the way it was gonna go you know i i, I don't think anyone could have seen it going any other way do you remember roy's bicycle kick goal in that game <laughs> uh yeah yeah pretty cool when i've you, tried i've tried, tried a few of those in my career and uh 
um, that's that's pretty cool when you get to pull one of those off. <laughs> you mentioned the fact that you know the team had a, a nice mix of players that were you know playing together for a long time, and and also some young guys. But you look at that four nothing game, and that's a that's a do or die game. And in that game, you get a goal and three assists from Marco, two goals from Roy, and a goal and assist from Jaime. Is that kind of speak to sort of you know when this team needed something, they had the core veteran guys able to to step up and, and get it done. Oh yeah, I mean, <clears throat> having Roy on your team, he was just going to score goals, just like Raul Diaz Arce always scored goals. So, I mean, I, I think any good team, you have to have that player that just is going to score goals in big games, and that's what Roy did. And uh, you know, Jaime too. And you knew Marco was going to come up with big plays. Um, and then all the supporting cast, we were just all there, putting in all the hard work and. Uh, you know, but yeah, really, really relying on our top few guys, Marco, Jaime, Roy, to, to finish, and and uh, but we just kind of knew it was going to happen because we were we were all going to do our part and make it happen. What do you remember about the build-up to MLS Cup? There was eight days between that end of the Columbus series and you know the time you guys kicked off at uh, in Foxborough. So, what do you remember about that, and and what did you think of the Galaxy as a team back then? Yeah, so, you know, the first year was pretty um, pretty special. You know, 96, we, we played at Foxborough also. It was just, I mean, you couldn't really play soccer out there in that weather. I don't know if you know much about it. But, sure. So then going back two years later, or three years later, um, that was pretty special, pretty unique for us. And, you know, we had already, we had already been there and already won that there. So that was... That was uh, added to the uh, uh, the special, uh, or the it's just added to the whole part of it that that uh, we 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 were already there. We did that in '96. We're going to come back in '99, do it again. Um, you know, it was it was nice for me because I'm from the East Coast. You know, um, friends and family. So it was really it was really really nice for me for my friends and family to be able to go up there again and you know i still have pictures of all my buddies um you know just friends and family around before and after the game just celebrating so yeah lots of really good memories the game starts and and you know what is it 19 minutes in when jaime pokes that into the net and and i remember seeing the highlights and the, the celebration where basically the entire team just jumps over the advertising board and starts celebrating with the D.C. United fans. I think there was like green confetti coming down from somewhere. I mean, <laughs> what goes through your mind, you know, when you guys go up one nothing in MLS Cup like that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that goal. I mean, it was a little bit strange just rolling around there like right from the, you know, right, right on the goal line there, right? And he just, just kind of rolling around. He just poked it in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it goes back to, of course, you're excited, and it's just, you know, um, you know, about as excited as you can get in your career. Um, but also, we knew, we, we kind of just believed that we were going to win that game, and we were good enough, we were the better team. L.A. was very, very good. Um, but, you know, when you're... When you have a group of guys like that, and you have confidence, and you're playing well like that, you I mean you're not really thinking about the other team and how good they are. I mean, yeah, you have to prepare. We were prepared. We knew what we were 
up against. We knew the players that we had to deal with and that they were very good. But it was more, it's more about, you know, believing in ourselves and just knowing that we're going to step on that field and give everything we have to win that game for each other, for our fans. And, uh, I mean, you know, when you score a goal like that, it just, you know, just confirms all that. And you're, you're excited, of course, and you just keep going. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that when you're when you're an athlete. <laughs> the Galaxy didn't create too many chances over the course of that game, but in two minutes into stoppage time at the end of the first half, you know, Kobe Jones appeals for that penalty, I think, when you were covering him down in the right corner. Um, you know, yeah, did, yeah. You, did you worry at the time that that, that was a penalty and, and maybe it was going to lead to a goal that, that would be the equalizer, or were you pretty confident that you didn't commit a foul there? Oh, I mean, you know, <laughs> friend, my friends still send me that clip, you know, and you know, say, hey, that was a, <laughs> that should have been a PK. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it was close. It just depends on the ref. That that could have gone either way. I I was kind of confident because I know that I wasn't trying to take him down. You know, right. I was just I was just trying to get there. You know, and he's he's one of the quickest kids in the league. Um, that was my strength was being quick too. Um, so I, I was I recovered just enough, and I think the re- the referee saw that you know I I recovered just enough, and it wasn't really a foul, you know. But you know, <laughs> it could have gone either way for sure. And then a minute later, um, you know, the the Galaxy have that goalkeeping error, and there's Ben, you know, Johnny on the spot to pop it in from 25, 30 yards or whatever. So in the span of literally two minutes or one minute even, you go from thinking you might have conceded a penalty to to 2-0 up. And and when you go into the locker room at halftime as a team, you know, I I don't want to say did you think you had it in the bag, but, I mean, did you guys think you had it in the bag at 2-0 up? Well, you have such a good feeling. I mean, geez, you know, uh, you got to be careful in soccer on with a two two nothing lead, of course. But man, I'd rather be two nothing than up than down for sure. And yeah, we we had a really good feeling. You just got to be careful that you don't, you know, uh, relax and, and let them back in the game. And uh, I think we did a pretty good job of that. And, but yeah, going into the locker room two nothing. I mean, you, you just feel so good. Um, you just got to be smart and come back out and take care of business. But yeah, for Ben, that's just the way things went for Ben. You know, he was just in the right spot, just a great player and just uh, such a hard worker. So that was great for him to to get that and wind up getting the MVP, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So when the when the final whistle sounds at the end of stoppage time, and and you guys win another title, you know, three and four years, like you said, and also a goal that this team had specifically set out for that season, having come up short the year prior. Uh, how would you describe the feeling of, of winning it again? And and did it feel like you guys were something of a dynasty at that point? Yeah, I mean, it was awfully special, that's for sure. When you win, when you win like that, you win a championship, and then to be able to say we won three out of the first four, um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was it was pretty emotional. I had all my family and friends there, so it, it was emotional. And I and I played, you know, the whole uh, ninety minutes. Um, you know, the ninety six. I got taken out towards the end of the game, um, and that's when all that's when everything happened. <laughs> ninety six. So it was just yeah, very emotional for me and for everyone really. But yeah, to just have my family there and my friends and just to. Uh, have worked really hard 
with the team and individually to to get to a point where you know you can uh, finish a season and finish a, a championship game completely and uh, yeah just wind up on top again it was yeah it's, it's it's special you know and then you just know that you're just blessed because it doesn't just happen it has nothing to do with just you it's there's so many people and coaches and even the front office and everybody that just put all their heart and soul into it so yeah it's it was, it was a great feeling it's it's a special memory for me all those memories are real special for me and i you know i guard them and you know you can talk about them with your friends and your family for a lifetime so what was the reception like when you guys returned to dc Oh man, I'd have to, I'd have to kind of research that. But I remember, I remember, and maybe you know, the we we went to the White House only once there. I think they kind of combined a few of our championships and said, "Okay, okay. we better let these guys, we better let these guys go to the White House finally." I guess. Um, and then I know we had a, a great parade that the one year I can't remember which year it was though. That was ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, after winning three of them, you know, I think we figured out how to do it right, went to the White House, had a great parade. Um, it was it was awesome. Um, in uh, Independence Square or Liberty Square, where we met, and I went through the city, and, you know, the fans were great. They were, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Family and friends there with us, and, um, yeah, I just, a lot of fun. So many great memories. Is it hard to believe it was 20 years ago? Yeah, it is. You know, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I'm not doing too bad. But, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of time to go by, you know. Um, just sometimes it seems like so long ago and then other times it seems like yeah, it was just yesterday. Pretty neat to hear him share some of those behind-the-scenes stories about going to a soccer game with Marco Echeverri in Argentina, visiting Marco Echeverri in Bolivia with some of his teammates. You really do get a sense of, of how close this team was in that 99 season, and certainly that chemistry and that bond propelled them on the field toward winning their third MLS Cup title in the span of four years. I'd like to thank John for joining me, as well as my prior guests, Roy Lassiter, Jeff Agus, and Kerry Talley. We'll continue to roll out some more of these in the coming weeks, getting closer and closer to the actual 20th anniversary of that MLS Cup 99 victory in November. In the meantime, be sure to check out all of our work at dcunited.com. Click on the Inside the Black and Red tab under the News section, and we think that you'll enjoy what you find. So until the next episode of this podcast, I hope you have a terrific rest of your day, a terrific rest of your week, and I will talk to you again soon. (laughs) 